0: Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. And I'm Tom. We are Team Binge. Thank you for joining us for episode seven of 1899. This episode is called The Storm <laughs>
1: Thunder, Lightning.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, for <laughs> putting that in there and not <laughs> ruining the rhythm of my intro. <laughs> I just want to say that this is the episode before the finale. They should come Mm -hmm. up with a specific name for that type of episode. Pentultimate. I would like (laughs) to go back to past episodes (laughs) where we were talking about time loops and theorizing. And I'm not going to lie, I woke up one evening between the last time we talked about the show and now... And I was like, oh, well, we see all the ships and they're like all the same ship, but they're all like seemingly destroyed. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, okay, so when he says we haven't gotten this far before, like they were on essentially each one of those ships and like each attempt they got farther and farther. And then this is the first time they like swam from one ship, like they managed to bring in uh, a ship ship. That is a newer loop, I guess, to an older loop and swim across and get on the newer loop. Is this making any sense at all? I know I've dove into this theory very early, but when he's like, when we talked about they were caught in a time loop, my thought was, well, it's a time loop represented by these ships. And so this is the first time they have made it rather than the ship being destroyed, that they made it from like one ship while the other one was still intact. Does that make sense?
1: I don't, I don't know. And my, my reasoning there would be because of Daniel, like Daniel is the kind of weird, I don't know, enigma in this whole situation about like, and I think we find out in this one because this episode starts with him kind of doing the wake up. So I I don't even know if I initially thought that he was part of the simulation, but I do think he is part of it, right? Like triangle pops in his eye, it zooms out and he's, he's in it. So if Daniel is the one that's like been working with the boy to try to, find the code, find whatever they're trying to do. I'm assuming they've tried to do this dozens and dozens of times. So Daniel has come on the boat when you know a- Ike and Mara find the original Prometheus that was lost at sea. I think, I don't know.
0: Hmm. Okay, I'm saying time loop. I guess what I'm saying is this is the, like they have been in a bunch of these simulations that keep repeating themselves. And I feel like this is the first time that they have gotten, when he says this far, meaning mm-hmm. onto like another simulation, like early enough in it that they can do something. Because we don't see Daniel and the boy. When the simulation first starts, it's kind of like when the season first started. Everyone's just a passenger on a ship, right? We're all mm-hmm. pretending to be passengers on the ship. Well, Daniel and the boy are not part of that. They like. No they like creeped into this world somehow. But then every mm-hmm. time the simulation starts over, they've got to like creep back in. And I think maybe they don't survive or they get scrubbed from it. And this is the time mm-hmm. that they've, Ooh. I think
1: you're, you're right. Ju- what you're pulling on is correct. Right. Cause they, they mentioned at one point in previous episodes when the boy and Daniel meet, like we've never gotten this far before. So to your point, I don't That's know how I'm- they didn't make it. Yeah. But this is definitely his first farthest if they've gotten.
0: I guess what I'm saying is I woke up for some reason thought of this show and realized <laughs> why there's all these past ships and that's kind of the time loop or the, that's representative of all these other times they like got into the simulation somehow and either mm-hmm. ruined it or it reset. I could be wrong. I don't <laughs> care. Uh, I'm I'm enjoying this show immensely uh, because you can't figure it out. I think something I despise about shows is if they like telegraph or they make it so obvious they beat you over the head with it and this mm-hmm. show is not May forgive me maybe it is for smart people but for me <laughs> i've been confused the whole time and i love being confused
1: well that's why i think this show is so good because like the mystery that they solve like they know that they're creating mystery that you are not going to have answers to and i think i did read something about the showrunners here that they created a three-season arc is, is what they're kind of going for. I think awesome. similar with Dark when they created that storyline. So they have the beginning, middle, and end of what they're trying to tell here. And I just love that because we've talked about it before on this pod. When you have people that just come up with a first season because they've got one cool idea but then can't follow it up, it's just it it shows even in the first season. But when you have a lot to kind of go off of, it, it creates such a, a more dense world. And they weren't... They weren't afraid to kind of slow down and build up these characters, which I also appreciated.
0: I do, too. And I can only imagine that they've already finished season two and are (laughs) working on three. So that when we complete this, we will be ready for those next two seasons and can roll right into them. Because these (laughs) would not be the type of people that would make us wait. (laughs) <laughs> they wouldn't would they Tom? They wouldn't I do it. I think they to would. Us, would. Dark
1: they? Dark didn't take that long to come out. I think those 3 seasons weren't like multi years between them. I think they were relatively quick, but Yeah, I
0: think they brought it out once a year. Mhm. Just like Ted Lasso has. <laughs> as you mentioned, this episode begins with Daniels. So this is Daniel's episode, and mm-hmm. it opens up as most good shows do with a bit of lovemaking.
1: Mm, As most shows should. And this immediately got me to thinking, like, the lovemaking kind of going on here. I'm like, okay, lovemaking, are they making the boy? First thing Mm. that popped in my head. Mm. It's the only kid we have in this.
0: That's not the first thing I thought of as I was watching (laughs) these two people wrestle in bed. But (laughs) I understand that that act can lead to... a boy or a girl being.
1: Well, I feel like this, this sequence has been hidden or hinted at multiple times, right? Cause like in the very first episode, we have Mara kind of having a bunch of these flashbacks and giving us a, a lot to kind of conjecture about. And one of them is a very quick flash shot of, I think her making love with somebody. So the assumption is that's this part. So my thought was just, this has more significance to it. And like we've talked about before, like there's only one kid in this and it would make potential sense if he is you know the boy of, of them
0: sure sure they're one for one <laughs> they did it once and they created one human boy much like all of us during these times they start to discuss what reality is and <laughs> uh, Daniel is talking about like the realness I guess of like now the physical And Mara Mm -hmm. is making the argument about, we don't know that. It's all just like senses in our brain. And our brain is could be creating the whole thing. We don't even know like whether or not this is real. And Daniel is a very good listener, but he's not a very good agreeer. So (laughs) I'm assuming this leads to an argument and it is the last time that they wrestle because they're both (laughs) mad at each other for disagreeing on whether or not it's reality or a construct
1: i don't know man they, they say brain science is like nature's aph- aphrodisiac so you know nothing i like to do more than just lay in bed with my significant other and talk about theoretical brain science so, yeah
0: <laughs> yep brain science and grief are the most powerful <laughs> aphrodisiac according to chas so that is correct they seem to be living in a library or this room was decorated in a way that made me think of a library, if that makes any sense. Did you get
1: a vibe from this room? I can see that, I can see library vibes, but I think the biggest thing I'm taking away from this room is just how modern it is. So like, I think there were lamps, there was a bunch of stuff going on in this where it's like, okay, what is going on? This whole show is a lie.
0: I feel like in this room, there were a lot of carpeted steps down and like back up that didn't make mm-hmm. sense. And I miss those in houses. Do you remember <laughs> houses growing up having those weird areas where you like went down a couple of steps and it didn't lead anywhere? It was just like a pit or the <laughs> elementary school had a pit area in the middle where kids mm-hmm. would go down, fight to the death, and then the winner would get a book. <laughs> I miss carpeted steps that went to nowhere in houses. That's all I'm saying. Please, Mr. Building Constructors, bring those back.
1: (laughs) A lot of trips, a lot of falls.
0: A lot of trips, a lot of falls. That's true. It also, like when you were chasing someone in the house, it gave a little (laughs) bit of flair to just an added (laughs) obstacle. Daniel is like, hey, let's never forget this moment. It's very important and even though we're mad at each other and arguing about what's real and the sirens start to go off initiating i think the voice says something about initiating a shutdown
1: Mm -hmm. yeah we get this kind of voiceover which at this point do we know is this in the dream is this in like the what's going on the shenanigans with the boat i'm assuming it's the boat stuff right and it's just kind of bleeding into this dream
0: yes that is what i think all i know is 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 it him that wakes up and there's an empty gown?
1: Well, Mara like slowly walks outside, like while he's still on the bed, and then when he goes outside, he sees like the the gown just on the ground and Mara's gone. Okay. And this is I think where we get the sequence where it pans out and he seemingly came out of the pyramid. So I'm wondering if this room or this space that they're in that his little sequence dream sequence is is the actual pyramid.
0: Okay. Whenever I see empty clothes and someone disappears, I just assume it's the rapture and the good Lord (laughs) has taken the righteous home and left the rest of us sinners.
1: Listen, who knows?
0: Who knows? We don't know. We'll never (laughs) know because this show's got two more seasons. Daniel wakes up.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And this is my first thing where I'm like oh Daniel wakes up he's he's a part of the simulation was that like new to you or did yes. you think he was an outside force
0: I thought he was outside of simulation town mm-hmm. but he is not he <laughs> yeah. is a resident of simulation town hmm I population you bro population at least <laughs> nine people yeah um, I thought he was just visiting or he had kind of forced his way into simulation town but mm-hmm. no he is a season ticket holder. <laughs> He's in asylum room 1011 which mm-hmm. that is a number that is important to this show for some reason. I <laughs> think it's because if you add all there of those go. numbers together you get 3. Triangle. Boom. A triangle. And three seasons of the show. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Daniel is yelling through the door because I believe this is where Mara has shut him in, right?
1: Yeah, I think he's yelling. He's like, he needs his device. He needs to be able to, you know, I don't know, do whatever he's going to do in this episode. But Mara kind of shuts him out because this is the end of the last episode where Mara's is just freaking out. was her husband she has no idea how to take this and she's trying to make some semblance of sense of it
0: sure sure and he needs his inhaler and that's why he's yelling (laughs) exactly he needs his poppet or his inhaler so he needs Mm -hmm. to get out of the door mar is on the ship and there is a storm and have you ever been in a storm at sea tom
1: i have but nothing to this extent
0: So to the extent of the margarita was spilling in your hand because the wind and the waves and maybe the limbo rod was a little bit canted as you were going under it?
1: It was my bucket of cervezas, and yes, it was very hard to hold on to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to be honest. I don't like rough water. I don't really get seasick, but there is a certain amount of power that comes from the ocean and rolling waves that is Mm -hmm. absolutely terrifying and anything (laughs) that will spill my drink is something i don't want any part of
1: There is a sequence here because I think this is Mara kind of coming out of that hatch, and she like glances over to a book that we get, and they zoom in on it. I'm like, okay, this has to be something. And I think even later in this episode, like the first mate passes by, and the camera also zooms in on it. So I did a little looking into this. So this book is called The Awakening. I didn't write down the author, but apparently was written in 1899, and it kind of follows like a story of um, this woman who is like trapped in a marriage and like the societal traditions Um, and it's like her pursuit for independence and it kind of apparently ends with her suicide by drowning at sea because that was like her only like escape. So obviously loads of parallel with kind of what's going on with this, um, with the sea, with you know, Amara trying to overcome whatever she's doing and obviously the, even the title, right? The Awakening. Um, Pretty powerful.
0: Huh? Interesting. I guess all those people in that other episode read The Awakening, and that's why they (laughs) cast themselves into the sea in a mass exodus. Yes. We're back at the bridge. There's no Mara and there's no captain, but we're with the rest of the main cast. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that any of them know what starboard and port are, (laughs) uh, but they are trying to steer the ship. I think at one point they like tell olik to steer towards the waves and none of these people speak the same language <laughs> and the ocean i'm sorry the sea is always right and these people <laughs> seem to be very very wrong when it comes to communicating so
1: It was an odd sequence with all of them on deck, and they they were having that back and forth. And I think there's a little bit of dialogue that says, like, I don't understand what he's saying. But I want to say, like, maybe it's, like, Clements or maybe Franz. Like, there's a character or two that seems to at least get it enough to provide communication between all of them. But it is a little fast and loose for sure.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a telephone game here where one person goes from... French to like Spanish to English or like I don't know there always seems to be one kind of translator in the room mm-hmm. but I'm not buying it <laughs> Daniel in the asylum I think this is where he's like opening up panels on the wall and as I mean I think if you're like a hardware person like an electrician this show would probably give you some sort of weird nightmare or trigger because every time they open one of these panels and there's all those wires, I'm just like, who ran those? Like who? who is like, I don't know, has the diagram and knows which wire goes where? I get a little bit of a panic attack just thinking about the troubleshooting. Someone's like, listen, my Wi-Fi is kind of going in and out. Can you fix it? And you've got to be like, I guess I'm going to have to open the wall and figure out which wire does Wi-Fi. And it was terrifying Un- to me. Unplug the, the black wire. <laughs> I plug it and plug it back in. <laughs> this is the most terri- terrifying part of this whole show to me is the wire organization in the walls.
1: It is super. It's a cool visual though, right? Like he pulls the hole off of the ship that he kind of finds in this room and then boom, there's just like this empty pit of wires and like when he kind of crawls through it's just baffling and it's definitely not up to OSHA standards I'll say that
0: no not up to OSHA standards not up to the electricians union which <laughs> we're all a member of there's a quick scene i think where the first mate runs into mara and she's he's like he's looking for the boy looking for the captain i don't know mm-hmm. we move on very quickly to mrs wilson and Mara. And I think Mrs. Wilson is afraid she's going to die. And Mara's like, no, think of this as a dream. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. an interesting thing she's... to tell someone who's about to die.
1: <laughs> well, I think Mara seems to have a better grasp of what's going on here. Um, Does and she? Ms. Wilson is like... Does she, I think, Tom? Well, <laughs> better than this Wilson. All-, all she did was... I think her name was Virginia, right? Can we call her Virginia? Um, she, I think, touches you know, she's the one that touched the black stuff. It's all rolling up her arms. So she assumes she's got some sort of, you know, crazy disease. So she's freaking out.
0: Listen, I've never met her. So I'm going to continue to call her by the respectable name of Mrs. Wilson. (laughs) Um, I will not use her Christian name, Virginia. But if my hand was slowly being corroded by that stuff, me being the selfish human that I am, I would just run around and touch everyone with it. It'd be a weird game of tag that I'd be playing as I run around and rub it all over everyone's faces. So you're welcome. The first mate goes into a room and he pulls out a touchscreen. Mm. And it has a schematic of the ship. And... All I can say is we typically watch the show well after the kids go down, but as soon as this touchscreen came on the television, children from all over came out of the woodwork and we're like, oh, can I, can I do the touchscreen? Can I play with the iPad? It's just something that's ingrained in kids these days
1: it's true i mean this is definitely a new tech alert for the show i'm assuming this is probably like what the iphone 23 It seems pretty fancy it's like kind of translucent which they love to make future tech translucent for some reason but like not only is it just a schematic of the ship but it's it's like i mean it's like a blueprint for potentially like all these dreams and everywhere else like this is some crazy new tech we haven't seen before
0: yeah he i think he's using it in order to find daniel and the boy and everything Mm -hmm. and Tom, you are the tech guy on this show, <laughs> and I would never want to correct you, but it was 1899, so they were probably using Roman numerals instead of numbers, like 23. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you tell us what the Roman numerals for 23 are. Go ahead. Uh,
1: XXII, right? Well, three I's, I guess. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed it.
0: If Tom's That's wrong- That's just from Super Bowls. <laughs> oh that's right i forgot you attended super bowl (laughs) 23 if tom's wrong you can email us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com we love your emails Marin and larson captain ike larson we did discover what his name and how it was pronounced you were right it is ike Ike. Mm -hmm. uh not e-ike like i wanted to call him Seven
1: episodes (laughs) in, we nailed it.
0: (laughs) They go through his and I did notice that the house was intact. And I was like, Oh, the first thing I thought is that we're gonna go in here and we're discover that Eike killed his family. That's where Mm. my dark mind went. But that's (laughs) not what happened. We had a very, very nice Mrs. Larson be Mm -hmm. like, Are you lost? Are you well? May I help you? And this felt like the little Clippy thing that pops up on a Word document when you're trying to write a screenplay for the third time, and you have no ideas, and Clippy's just like, you don't belong here. You'll never chase your dreams of writing that Barney murder screenplay that you've been dreaming about your whole life since you were a child. I found this weird, right?
1: It is. Well, I mean, not only is her just constantly repeating this, but then it starts to like transition into the super creep voice, like she's glitching and everything like that. So we've already seen this black crystal stuff taking over the ship. So it seems like it's just starting to integrate into these other areas of this, this, these dream sequences here.
0: I thought we all agreed to call it something, which was coal. I thought we were just calling the black stuff that's growing in the... I thought we agreed to call it coal.
1: Well, but they they needed coal on their ship, and they had to, like... There's another storyline about coal, so we can't just call it coal.
0: Okay. (laughs) If anyone knows where to get some coal, it's the holiday season, and...
1: (laughs) You could use two lumps.
0: Yeah. I got a kid throwing (laughs) a shoe at another kid today, and I about (laughs) lost my mind. Anyways, Daniel, I believe, goes down a hatch and finds himself in a desert environment, which, Mm -hmm. based on where Tom and I live, felt just like home. (laughs) Every time we leave our house, there's a well with like a tumbleweed that rolls by and the skeletal head of a cow. (laughs) And that felt right at home for Arizona. So I assume Daniel is in Arizona.
1: Probably not as many crucifixes on the ground though that is a little bit more rare I can't this... swing
0: a cat on my property without hitting a crucifix Tom I don't know how you're living
1: <laughs> but this is this is Ramiro's crucifix right like we've seen this before this is his his dream
0: yes I assume this is what I am assuming of Ramiro's murder I'm assuming Ramiro threw a priest down a well mm-hmm after taking his clothes crucifix and obviously he took the well bucket because otherwise the guy could just use it as a boat and float away
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) but yeah i think that's what the show is kind of telling here but i but i like the idea of him like jumping through these other dream sequences for lack of a better word here and like uh, giving us no context in it at all because we never got a ramiro backstory
0: right right which I'm super interested in, if I'm Mm -hmm. being honest, because I do like Ramiro quite a bit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's
1: next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: We go back to the rest of the main cast who is losing all their faith in this boat. And they're like, let's just jump off the boat because that (laughs) seems better than being on it. And someone's like, well, you're probably not going to drown, but you will freeze to death.
1: Mm -hmm. That was Papa Danish.
0: That was Papa Danish. No, Daddy Danish. We call him Daddy Danish (laughs) on this podcast, Tom. (laughs) Okay. Mother Danish does some what I can only assume crazy things. Tove has some real choice words for her mom. And I believe this is where she's like, listen, I've got news for you. God doesn't talk to you. And dad doesn't think he's real. So you two have some stuff to talk (laughs) about. And is this where the water is rising around them, or is that later in the episode?
1: No, I think it is. I think they're wading through water right here. That's why Tova is trying to put on these life jackets and everything. Um, and I think that's where you, that's where Daddy Danish says like that's not gonna that's not gonna help you the situation.
0: Right. And both parents are like, listen, we know we've been a wonderful support system for you through the years, <laughs> and instead of staying that support system, we're going to stand in this hallway and die together and Tove's like peace see ya and she uh, <laughs> runs off and anchors i'm sorry daddy danish is like let us pray <laughs> and mother danish is like wait a second didn't tove just say and then it's gurgle 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 gurgle
1: <laughs> i like the sequence though cuz like we get more into like the parent danish relationship like she is you know I don't know like she's off her rocker at this point right like she's like borderline suicidal she's like god has a plan for me I'm just gonna stay here I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and he tries to talk her out of it but um, ultimately doesn't doesn't succeed and instead of leaving her there like he decides like I'm gonna stay with you even though we're facing certain death you're my wife you're my love like I'm gonna stay with you and that was pretty pretty beautiful
0: Yes, Tom. Of all the characters I want to spend more time with, you're right. (laughs) Daddy Danish and Mother Danish seem like a real good time. I think we've spent an appropriate amount of time with them and pour one out that the cold waters of the Atlantic took them quickly. (laughs) Um, And one of them got to meet their maker and the other one didn't. I don't know. (laughs) Daniel keeps moving through portal to portal. He's going through all the different realities. I just, once again, like I don't know what it is about other shows, but this show just nails the effects. Like Mm -hmm. it all just looks so cool. And like you're, ah, there's not a moment I'm lost by like the CGI, the
1: effects. Mm -hmm.
0: And we're dealing with, I think historically shows with, like, big boats and water, those are historically expensive, difficult Mm -hmm. to film. But this show does it all. And I just (laughs) want whatever production work they did with this to be used in other shows. That's all I'm saying. Put it on the ballot. I'll vote for it.
1: (laughs) I'm with you, man. Like, the, the idea of jumping through all these different, like, timelines and everything or not timelines but dream sequences and we know we've said it before but when he opens up a hatch and it's just in the middle of the sky and it just is the black void as a square as he jumps through is such a cool cut such a cool visual the, the visuals of the, the black hole kind of coming through is just super trippy and everything. But what they do, I think, a really good job of is they don't rely on that kind of stuff. They use more practical effects with the little poppet tool that he has, which sure. is a silly thing. It makes no sense, but it's a cool little practical doodad that fits really well. All the wires, all like the mainframe we see later, it's all just cool and practical. And it really helps to sell when they do have to use CGI.
0: So... You're saying when you watch him work the poppet, you don't know what he's typing in?
1: I don't know. It's been a while since I've used the poppet in in that uh, sense. Oh,
0: every time, it kind of takes me out of the show, because I know exactly what he's typing in every time Mm. he uses that (laughs) poppet. I don't want to ruin anything for you, but most of the time, it's just LOL, (laughs) which stands for... Laugh out loud, Tom. I don't know. is not you...
1: doing like emojis. Is he doing emojis too?
0: No, emote. It's eighteen ninety nine, Tom. They don't have emojis <laughs> yet.
1: Okay, come but on. But they have established LOL. Yes,
0: <laughs> I don't. I I don't have time to explain this to you.
1: It can't be any more clear.
0: The audience is waiting for us. <laughs> there is. He does jump through reality, whatever you want to call it, a dream. Mm-hmm where there's a postcard of Lady Liberty in the snow. Mm-hmm. And Which we obviously
1: that... know to be Olick, right? Right, right. And this is, I think it's just a super frozen tundra area, but we see like a line of blood in the snow. It's like super ominous. So again, just super cool. What, what happened here? We haven't gotten this Olick backstory and I want it.
0: Right, we haven't visited that area at all, correct? Nope. Okay. Nope. From there, we go to the coal room... And I really wish that one guy that was diligently shoveling coal all alone like popped back up. And he's like, I'm cool now, guys. I'm still shoveling snow. But instead, it's Franz running around. And then, oh, this is the part where he's like, they go back up to steering. And mm-hmm. he's like, Olek, steer into the waves. And I was yeah. like, these guys have obviously seen a perfect storm. <laughs>
1: I appreciate this though. Like uh, Oleg's getting a very big promotion here, right? Goes from shoveling snow or not shoveling snow, shoveling coal down there to heading up to the bridge and running the ship.
0: Tom, let me help you. He went from <laughs> shoveling snow, probably <laughs> murdering someone, to shoveling coal. Oh, less murder. <laughs> now he's steering the ship, and he is the ship's captain. It would have been great if he had turned to Franz or Ivan, depending on the translation and said, the captain I am now, or something along those lines. (laughs) That
1: classic tale.
0: Then we have a side quest mission (laughs) where Tove and Franz have to go and close all the bulkheads because the water's coming in, and if we can close some bulkheads, if the Titanic taught us anything, if you close enough compartments, the boat probably won't sink. And so that's where Tove and Franz are going. Do you feel a connection between Tove and Franz? Uh,
1: no, not at all. Okay. Do you?
0: Do you feel a connection between Tove and any other cast member on the show?
1: Uh, Crester? Previous? Not anymore, though.
0: Okay. <laughs> I think it's a cop-out to say that because they're siblings. But I like to think that someday Franz will find love.
1: That's all. Mm, no, he bleeds too much. He does bleed too much.
0: <laughs> He's like, I ain't got time to love. I've only got time to bleed. And then he gets sued by the governor of Minnesota.
1: I feel like that's a romantic comedy. That'll be a spin-off show.
0: Well, yes. And hopefully they have a, some side stories with Daddy Danish and Mother Danish, because we all know you want to spend more time with them you weirdo
1: mother danish was i'm not i'm not for but i i feel for daddy danish
0: oh i always feel for daddy danish a daddy danish and a cup of coffee on a sunday morning incredible mara heads to room 1013 which maybe i should be sparter, but i believe that's daniel's room correct her neighbor
1: fact yes because she goes yeah she goes through the thing i think he actually quickly sees like a picture of herself too as she's going down there because we did see that daniel had a picture of her so that was kind of an interesting bit
0: then she goes through that hatch and she appears in the lovemaking library
1: (laughs) which again i think is the pyramid i don't i don't know
0: so I guess, I apologize, maybe it's a little redundant to call a library the lovemaking library, because we all know <laughs> what happens in libraries. <laughs> Is this a picture we see of Mara, Daniel, and the boy? Is that what's happening? Is this where she runs into all of the pictures?
1: Yeah, she sees all the pictures kind of, uh, I don't know if they're on the bed or on the floor next to it, but she starts to have these, like, Uh, quick flashbacks and things of I think again maybe potentially them making love or whatever and there's this really quick frame of space which I thought was super odd I did no idea what to make of it did you catch that
0: no no this is the first time hearing about it literally in this moment in 2050
1: (laughs) as we were watching through I took that note I'm like I don't I don't know what that is supposed to be if it's supposed to be some sort of mind mess up with us or whatever but i thought that was interesting but this is where we do get the confirmation that this is a whole family um that is together and you know sure enough the boy is her son
0: do you think this is one of these shows that's trying to prove just that the earth is round because i gotta be honest (laughs) i've just i don't i don't need more earth is round stuff in my life (laughs) yes they are a family based on the pictures Mm -hmm. And the Earth might be round. I don't know. I guess we'll find out (laughs) in the finale.
1: I don't know, man. Some of the promo posters for this show kind of just showed that uh, boat falling into a triangle. So maybe it is flat.
0: Oh, yeah. And someone, like, pulled the bathtub plug. (laughs) There goes the boat. Yeah, (laughs) I know that game. Ruined a lot of fun times when I was a kid. (laughs) Pulling the bathtub plug. There's an empty grave. There's a tunnel. And there's a boys' room. And got yeah, to be honest, the thought of a child living in, like, a bunker at the bottom of a grave is kind of a sad thought, right?
1: Well, I mean, did your mind not immediately go to... Once once they showed the grave opening up and Daniel like going down into it and it being a boy's room, I'm like, okay, this is super sad. This has got to be the boy's coffin, right? Like, the boy is dead and this is... I don't know how they've coped with it.
0: I mean, they put a lot of work into that coffin. There's so much <laughs> space for activities and there's like a lot of color coding and yeah, I once again, I didn't I didn't know if this was like a memory palace of grief. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. It was it was just sad because if you're going to put a kid's like memory essentially in a grave, then that means the boy's dead.
1: Yeah, well, I think we get it a little bit later when they, Daniel and uh, Mara, kind of have that conversation where they actually talk about it being a simulation and potentially, this is all of Mara doing this because she can't cope with the loss of her son. So like when it says that, a lot of this stuff just starts to click. But I, I mean, <clears throat> it was terribly sad as all of it is. I think it's just such a cool visual. Like we kind of talked about who is in this grave. Is it Mara? Is it her ma her mom? Like who who is this? So for like this reveal not to be necessarily like told to us right here, we're allowed to kind of conjecture through through this sequence that oh no, it, it could be the boy.
0: I'm going to move past this because it makes me sad. So <laughs> let let's travel from there to things are shutting down. They need some sort of code but Mara has the code, but she doesn't remember the code, so she mm-hmm. needs to remember the code. And this is a conversation that's happening between Daniel and the boy, right?
1: Uh, yes, because that's yeah. This is where the boy was hiding the whole time.
0: And so the boy gives Daniel his wedding band—not mm-hmm. the boy's wedding band, but Daniel's <laughs> yeah. wedding band—that the boy has been holding. So maybe this isn't their son. Maybe they're just really close with the ring bearer at from their wedding. <laughs> other thought is we have talked about other shows where ring bearers are important. Maybe mm. this boy is a hobbit or <laughs> a harfoot if you believe harfoots are real and... I'm gonna move on because I will get real sad if I start thinking about <laughs> Harfoots and that show.
1: Uh, but this is the this isn't the first time we've seen this ring, right? Because I think the boy did present it or show it when they first met in one of the earlier episodes.
0: Do you I don't that? remember that at all. I, I mean I remember yeah. Daniel putting it in his hand, closing his hand around it, and saying, Keep it secret, keep it safe. and then he ran his head into the low beam in the entryway and
1: left i think you're getting your shows mixed up he had a longer beard at the time (laughs) but clearly the ring is is going to have significance and daniel's going to use this they always do a jump start
0: they always do (laughs) all right the first mate listen i don't want to be callous I don't want to just call people by their ranks. Do we know this guy's name? Is this guy's name ever mentioned? Uh,
1: I probably is. I've never wrote it down. First mate is finally right. me.
0: First mate it is. You can call him
1: Beardy. Initiates
0: the shutdown. Beardy. <laughs> first mate. Is, well, it's McBeardy, Tom. First mate, <laughs> Mc, first mate McBeardy. <laughs> Only his close friends call him Beardy. I'm sorry. First mate Beardy McBeardy. Is his full <laughs> name? Good point. Uh, initiates the shutdown as first mates do. We have. a I like how
1: we. I like how we get the shutdown sequence right. Like it literally starts a clock. I don't know. Did, did you see? Like that was kind of cheesy, or did you kind of like that to know like where the stakes are, how much time we have left until this thing really shuts down?
0: Oh, I love a good countdown. As a parent, <laughs> I love a good countdown. I don't know how many times I'm just like, kids. <laughs> you don't put your shoes on and get in the car, the world's going to end in 29, 28. And then I'm just shouting at them. And then we get in the car and we go to their therapy session. <laughs> we have a scene with Oleg and Ling Yi on mm-hmm. the bridge. And I believe these two are just falling deeper and deeper in love with each other.
1: Mm-hmm. As one does in the bridge. I mean, it's a very romantic scene.
0: Oh, bridges are so romantic hmm There's the bridge to Terabithia. there is the London Bridge that's always falling down and is now, I think in Arizona. I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> Daniel and Mara are back in the library lovemaking den.
1: Flash pyramid.
0: Sorry once again, redundant. They're just in the library den where lovemaking happens. <laughs> we find out that the boy has a name. And that boy's name is, Tom? Elliot.
1: And isn't it weird the fact that you've known this character as the boy for six episodes, I guess six and a half episodes, and now they're giving him a name? Do you still want to just call him the boy?
0: Uh, Tom, we just had a discussion about the first mate, and we named him Beardy (laughs) McBeardy. So I'm happy to find out this boy has a name. I won't be calling him Elliot, but no, I'm not surprised that we don't know a character's name seven episodes in. (laughs) (laughs) because we just talked about the first mate. (laughs) It would be great if they were like, hey, first mate, what's your name? He's like, Elliot. I'd be like, all right, this is confusing now.
1: (laughs) Well, at the time, you would have known any different. Like, oh, hey, that sounds like a good name.
0: That's true. But if they'd done these scenes back to back, I would have been like, show? (laughs) Show? I'm not a studio, but I've got some notes. (laughs) Oh. All right. This is where they then talk about how... They did have a son, and mm-hmm. the boy, unfortunately, died.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, they don't explicitly say it, but there's enough given to us, right, that that, that is certainly what you're going to have, the conclusions you're going to draw, and that she couldn't cope with that reality and tried to create the simulation to, to deal with that pain. It's, it's heartbreaking.
0: Right, and this is Daniel, like, doing his best, trying to get her to remember, and, mm-hmm. like, that this is a simulation. And... Is this Plato's cave analogy?
1: Yeah. So I, this is him bringing it up. Daniel brings up this idea. And did you ever look this up to see kind of what this is? They, they kind of talk about it and, and say what it is in the show, but it's a very interesting deep dive. Have you? No, you know? I,
0: I, I'm assuming it's not in the Bible, so I have not read it. No. <laughs>
1: So I guess the general idea and you can look this up because there's, I think a lot more to it and you can draw a lot of different parallels or conclusions from it. But the idea is that people stay born in a cave. um, If you are looking at the shadows on your wall from a fire in a cave, that is your reality. Those shadows are your reality. They are the ones that are creating everything that you see and experience as a, as a person. But they don't know that there's actually somebody behind them that's casting the shadow so there's a reality sitting right behind them if they were just turned around but because they don't ever do that they don't accept anything else like that those shadows become their reality so it's a very interesting kind of concept of how people can like you can make it uh in a lot of different avenues how people kind of close their mind to different schools of thought and they don't believe in truth or fact or whatever but this show goes super deep with it with you know the constructs of reality and what it truly is it's pretty fascinating if you if you kind of sit back and think about it but if you do think about it too much your mind starts to hurt
0: yes yes that plato was a smart man (laughs) he was so smart he created one of the best inventions in the world (laughs) plato no the plate come on oh
1: excuse me the spanish plate
0: Listen, when when your kid gets old enough and he starts working with Play-Doh, you're not going to thank Play-Doh for creating (laughs) Play-Doh.
1: We just got like a a 25 pack from my mom. Not looking forward to it.
0: (laughs) Just an outside toy. This is the phrase I'm going to teach you. Outside toy. (laughs) You don't have to give any more than that. Just shout outside toy and they shuffle on out with it. There is a, I think it's Daniel saying, hey, you have to wake up or your consciousness will be trapped forever. Mm. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. We've got a little bit of uh, Christopher Nolan. We've got some, you know, Matrix. If you die in the Matrix, what's the body without the mind? Mm -hmm. Uh, Inception, if you die in a dream, I don't know. I never finished Inception but (laughs) you should, I'm still watching that thing spin. They're trying to get out before the whole thing restarts. Mm -hmm. We then have the creator and he knows where the boy is hiding. And we should Mm -hmm. have talked about this earlier, Tom, but this actor is very familiar to me as someone who grew up on PBS, like mysteries I'm pretty sure this guy's a British actor and also I think he's in like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy that slow lacar <laughs> film <laughs> adaption. Where do you know this guy from? Cuz there's got to be other things that I'm just not thinking of.
1: Yeah, I didn't recognize him at first, but I do think he's he plays the in Game of Thrones like the maester towards like the latter seasons where mm-hmm. they, you know, spoiler alert, like they reanimate like the corpse of the Mountain. Um, like he's kind of like the wacky scientist maester of King's Landing.
0: Got it. (laughs) The wacky (laughs) scientist maester of King's Landing. What's crazy is is I know exactly who you're talking about, which is awesome. (laughs) So he knows where the boy's hiding. They're trying to get Mm -hmm. the boy. We have the first mate. And I believe this is once again, where they focus in on what you pointed out. So, I did not see it in the beginning of the episode, but I clearly mm-hmm. made of a note of it now, the importance of the book called The Awakening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we get another bit. And again, looking at the the book and reading the synopsis that we did earlier, there's certainly some parallels to it, but it is interesting that both Mara and then again, the first mate seems to take something from it. Like they both look at it and have some sort of like epiphany. Like, is there more to to this, this book and... and you know will we see it in the future i guess is the question sure sure but we all know if you open up the book what's it gonna say right uh coffee before reality or whatever it is don't don't all books in this reality say that
0: no this one says jump off the boat (laughs) he goes to the grave he finds elliot and then we go from there and we have mara and daniel they're shutting down the simulation, doing some sort of override, and mm-hmm. this is where they talk about her key, which is on the necklace inside the, the, um, it's inside like the metal locket thing, right?
1: Yeah, I completely forgotten about that necklace. So I think we got it in the very first episode, and I kind of forgot it was a thing. But she pulls it out, and yeah, sure enough, there it is. And I think she even mentions too that this, she thinks this came in an envelope from her brother. Again, whether that's true, who knows? But that is the that is her her thoughts about this.
0: Sure, her brother Henrio, I believe, is his name. <laughs> the father's Henry. She's Henrietta, and the brother is Henrio. Mm-hmm. Daniel's like, listen, baby, you're gonna wake up this time. I
1: promise. And I think what they're messing around with, like, they have the tablet thing, right? The Mm see-through, fancy, whatever that uh, the first mate Beardy was playing around with. So Daniel's kind of doing some programming and stuff here, reprogramming. We don't Mm -hmm. really know exactly what's going on.
0: A lot of zeros Uh, and ones.
1: Yes, indeed. Indeed.
0: And then in order to speed up the programming, she's like, let me help you, and they both start typing on the keyboard at the same time together (laughs) because that's how it works according to CSI. (laughs) lucian is still a part of the show i don't remember the last time i
1: (laughs) Lucy's down in the coal room they're all like still shoveling coal and then he has a a seizure down there
0: oh that's right and then they toss him in because they're like Mm -hmm. a body's more (laughs) energy efficient than coal is and that's no, the don't. last we see of Lucian, right?
1: I don't, I don't think that's exactly what happens. Oh, okay. I think Clements and Jerome are are freaking out and trying to help him, and they know he has his his medicine in his room.
0: Got it, got it. <laughs> no one stands over him and hits him in the head with a shovel. These people I'm not dead yet. <laughs> <laughs> these people are reacting to these things a little bit differently than us. All right. Daniel in the touchscreen, he's still doing his fancy computer hacking.
1: I think at one point, too, they actually do say that he, like, lost his shell. He calls, like, the puppet a shell. So I think it does have a a, a scientific name in this simulation. Hmm,
0: interesting. We discovered this is an eight-day simulation. It's a time loop.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently there's been dozens of them as we've kind of, I guess, established with Ike and all those ships, right?
0: Yep, dozens of them. Just like never newts, there's dozens of us. <laughs> He's like, listen, we've got to go get Elliot, mm-hmm. and Elliot Tom is the boy. So very good. He has a name. Lingyi sees her mom in some sort of vision, and I think this like has her go outside. She's kind of having a moment here. And Olick, in, in an attempt to bring her back, gets pulled overboard by, I'm going to say, a kraken or a rogue <laughs> wave or a tsunami. Or he read The Awakening and was like, that sounds nice.
1: <laughs> Let's go for a quick swim. But yeah, he gets crushed by this wave. But he essentially saves her, right? Like he goes out there and throws her kind of back away from these crazy waves that are coming in, and he gets crushed. It, like, destroys the, the railing and banister. So I would argue, like, how well is this Chevrolet built?
0: Good point. Good point. Although he does go over the side with that railing, and if he holds on to it, he'll probably float. It seemed like a pretty well-made metal railing. I don't know what causes things to float. Boats are made of metal, and they float, so he's probably fine. <laughs> Lucian dies. I didn't write in my notes how and I don't remember, but he's dead. And then it's just Jerome and Clements who Mm -hmm. uh, they say this is the greatest love story ever told, Jerome and Clements, and I'm all for it.
1: Well, we're getting here, and like, well, in the next scene, it goes to the coal room, and we see them shoveling coal, you know, crazy stuff is going on, bangs and whatever because of the storm, and, you know, Angel dies because, you know, debris falls on him, and they've got a very sweet, like, back and forth that kind of goes. So, we're getting this whole, like, each, each of these characters we've established throughout this series are coming together to try to help others. And a lot of them don't have histories, right? Like, you know, certainly uh, Angel and Ramiro do, but Jerome and Clements don't necessarily, they're kind of brought together by, you know, one's love and one's hatred of Lucien. Sure. Um, Oleg and and Ling Yi, It's, it's very interesting. Like all these characters are kind of meeting their, you know, you can call it death, but we know it's a simulation. So what really does that mean? Um, but they're doing it to like sacrifice. It's it's pretty pretty cool and powerful. And like watching all these sequences back and forth and seeing all these characters like just pass one after the other. It is it was hard to watch. I don't know if it got to you emotionally, but it did to me.
0: No, nah, it didn't get to me at all.
1: <laughs> Listen, so we
0: watched an episode where hundreds of people jumped off the side of the ship, and I didn't know them.
1: They didn't they didn't give me any backstory for them.
0: Oh, I. I knew all of their stories. They were people going from somewhere to New York. You know, we all (laughs) know that person. Franz and Tove are continuing to close doors. I do think this is the actual point where Daddy Danish and Mother Danish uh, meet their demise because there's a Mm -hmm. lot of water. Uh, Franz, who I guess we can now call Hodor, (laughs) <laughs> holds the door for Tove so that she mm-hmm. can make it.
1: Yep, again, another sacrifice here. And who knew Franz had it in him, right? Did you see this coming? Oh. I, I didn't see this kind of twist from him. Listen, I've been
0: saying this from the beginning. Franz is my favorite character and will always be my favorite character. <laughs> okay. Ivan, Franz, whatever you want to call him, bloody face and all, this guy, heart of gold, always punching someone in the face. <laughs>
1: The boy, ship bouncer, <laughs>
0: ship <laughs> bouncer. <laughs> oh, I wish that was a. That's great. All right, the boy is then, I believe, at the pyramid with the creator, mm-hmm. and the creator, as old British actors do, has like a <laughs> monologue about how they keep making the same mistakes because they can't get rid of their emotions. We should all just be cold-hearted british wearing funny uniforms living in pyramids like me i seem happy and he's like oh it's so silly how these feelings cloud our minds Mm -hmm. and then he turns to the boy and he's like i'm your grandfather why won't you love me i think i don't
1: know this was interesting though did it not like take you back a little bit that he's seemingly the idea of, with a lot of these simulations is they can get out of this simulation at any point if they are just cold and calculated, but because their are emotions and they're human they can't get out of it. It was is an interesting idea in play and I'm not sure what he's getting at. Like what could they do to, to get through this?
0: I don't know as someone who has on multiple occasions at weddings, funerals, and Christmas Eve been called a robot. I don't really understand this feeling talk that he is discussing. Okay. But he does get on the ship's intercom, mm-hmm. as old British actors do after they've monologued. They love to then get on the intercom and start telling people things.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is this Does he inform them that they're all trapped in a loop?
1: Yeah, he kind of does some more, like, exposition stuff. Nothing that we don't already know, I think, but he's just kind of telling them that, yes, you're trapped in a loop. This is going over and over again. And then I think this is where he makes the proposal, say, like, I need the key, uh, and if you give me the key, I'll give it your son back.
0: And Daniel's like, I love you. Never forget.
1: Mm. Then he gives her the ring, which when he gave her the ring i'm like oh okay maybe the ring is the key and the key we've seen around her neck is some sort of like misdirect or whatever sure Uh, but because it looks like a scene yeah but very next scene uh the he opens up the pyramid and very clearly inside the pyramid is a little keyhole that matches that small key so i'm like all right well that was swinging a miss.
0: listen anytime someone gives a ring to someone i just immediately say cast it into the fire um (laughs) I'm not real great to have it like a surprise engagement or proposal, I should say, because as they're videotaping, you just have a voice in the background going, Cast it into the
1: fire. Did you and also see though too? too weak to cast it into the um, that's true. Um, did you notice too that when uh the creator guy like pops open the pyramid, not only does it have the key there, but you can see that where it does say Wake up on it." Yeah. Which is also very interesting. I don't. I'm assuming it's just a literal sense. Like you flip the key and then boom, you get to wake up. Is that the sense you got?
0: Listen, I get the sense that anytime you see wake up, you're in a dream or you're in a simulation, whatever it is. So, like, Mm -hmm. uh, so in this case, like they're even in a dream. and, And like anytime wake up pops up, I think. Okay, we're not in real real world land. That's what I think. Well, I, think, I what think we something also... subconsciously is telling whoever mm-hmm. is reading that to wake up.
1: Yeah, I think what we also get in this scene is this is the first recognition that not only are all these people trapped in this time loop, but this creator guy or Henry is too, right? Like he's the one saying, "We're in this loop. We're in this loop. Yeah, I need this key to get out of here." Now, yes. I thought that was a very big revelation because. You assumed as the creator, he was the one doing all this, but he's just like everybody else here. He is stuck in this loop trying to get out.
0: Yep, you assumed the real world was him in this weird office Mm -hmm. building staring at a weird coal (laughs) pyramid. Yep. But it turns out that's not it at all. I think he flips through some files or something, and we see Cerebrus, cerebrus, Chiribris in the archive...
1: Hmm.
0: And I wrote well, I think he's, he's, t- water tunnel to light, Tom. Why did I write water
1: tunnel to light? So this is the, I don't know what he does specifically as like the catalyst, but this is when they archive the Cerberus and okay. they put the, they have this super dope visual where it just starts to create this little like pit in the middle of the ocean. They pull the and tub it, plug. Yeah, exactly. And the ship kind of goes in. I think we got this visual in one of the trailers for it, which is kind of a bummer, but I had completely forgotten about it, where it's just this light in the distance with all this water swirling around. And then, you know, what happens at the end? They pop out of this, no worse for wear, but now in a graveyard of ships.
0: Right. And Ike is on the Prometheus. The K. shows up. <laughs> And Mara and Ike get to each other and cry.
1: Yeah, I think they all the cast and crew from the Prometheus pop up, and or I guess no, they're they're the ones on the Cerberus, right? Ike's on the Prometheus, and they yeah. kind of make eye contact with them. And from Ike, I like the way this is shot too. Like they, they just allow characters to look at each other, and you can feel the emotion of the moment of both of them what is going on like what they just saw what they just experienced they don't know how to make any sort of sense of it um but there's clearly still a connection between the two that was pretty pretty powerful and thankfully ike is not alone anymore uh that would have been a sad ending for him just to be stuck on that ship because he couldn't go anywhere
0: yep i missed ike this whole episode
1: Mm mm-hmm now, so, as we get to the end of this, right. this episode, I got a question. So now that we've kind of have this confirmed, they've clearly hinted at it a bunch throughout the or series, I think thus far. But now we kind of confirm the idea of like a time loop. Does that, do you like that again? Because we certainly got some time loop type elements with Dark. Do you like that they're kind of still sticking with something similar? Or would you have liked these guys to do something a little bit more unique?
0: No, I think it's different because dark was different timelines, but kind of mm-hmm. running into each other because while it was a well, I don't want to reveal too much about dark, but no, i'm I'm not bothered by this at all. I love what mm-hmm. they're doing with this show. Uh, it's a good it's a good question. Are you bothered by it? Do you feel like this is too similar to dark in terms of conception and idea?
1: I don't like, I feel it's a iteration of it. Like they have such a cool and unique perspective as to how to present like time and, and in reality, it's so fascinating to watch and to see these guys kind of dive back into this genre. Uh, I think it's just cool. And I think what we saw in dark almost makes this show better for it.
0: Sure. I agree. I'm going to give you the floor, Tom, because in earlier episodes of this podcast, the Team Bench podcast covering Mm -hmm. 1899, you had a lot of disparaging remarks about the Bermuda Triangle and what it would mean in this show. (laughs) I'm going to give you the floor. Do you think the Bermuda Triangle is still going to come into play, or would you like to give your public apology that the Bermuda Triangle is still fine, still doing well, and that this show didn't create it
1: first things first i don't apologize to anybody <laughs> so i'm never wrong <laughs> i love it second uh i'd like Let's to try. apologize to you for saying i wouldn't apologize because that's just the main thing to say and you should apologize if you're wrong and i was wrong i went down the Bermuda triangle hole it was a wrong hole uh i should have went down the brain simulation hole as you know i usually do you know i've sure. no been known to do that sure but I loved it. Like, I love the kind of misdirects with all the marketing that they did for the show. It just screams Bermuda Triangle of a ship going through a triangle in the ocean. And even, like, the visuals they do of it, having this triangle be a void in the middle of the ocean is not really what we get at all in the show. But it's a cool idea and visual to showcase these pyramids and these triangles we see throughout and the craziness of what we have gotten in the show. And, man, like, I couldn't be more excited to go into a finale because it's just, they've given us so much to this point and we know a lot, but man, do you still have thousands of questions? It's, it's such a cool show that can find that balance between keeping us interested um, with, with still giving us enough answers to, to not just say like, Oh, this just uh, it's going too off the wall. But I can say, I'm sure there's a certain segment of this audience that gets to maybe even like episode four or five and was like, what is going on? This is too much. And, might have turned away from this
0: no 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 one has turned away from this everyone is going full steam ahead port and starboard i'm super excited for the finale this is a show that has given us so many questions it's given us enough answers each episode and the other thing is it's like i care about the characters i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna lie i'm interested it And I don't care about the characters because they've done some like weird emotional ploys that shows do to try and get you to care. Mm -hmm. Like at no point, correct me if I'm wrong, did the character turn to camera and be like, hey, this is a picture of my baby girl. I can't wait to see her when I get to New York. I hope I make it. (laughs) Like the show has not done that. Mm -hmm. I care about these characters. It's so well acted. As I mentioned, the effects are great. And it's just mind trippy and fun. So let's go into the finale, Tom, with open eyes and arms and embrace it wherever it <laughs> let's takes do it. us.
1: I'm diving in. I'm diving into that triangle plug hole thing.
0: Thank you for joining us for episode seven of this weird show. We appreciate you <laughs> listening. We do enjoy the emails that we get, the messages that people send we've talked about this before if you have a moment and you like listening to us hop on apple podcasts and leave a review you will see a review (laughs) uh from me i snuck one in there and uh apple didn't catch it you can try and guess which one's from me
1: (laughs) the one signed by you (laughs) one signed by me. It's so great.
0: <laughs> Anyways, if you have questions or comments, uh, leave your criticism at home. But uh, our email is podcast at gmail.com. Tom runs our social. You can talk to us at Tom.
1: Tell them. Team Binge, Team Binge Podcast on Instagram or Team Binge on Twitter. Um, I'm kind of excited, to be honest, that we're getting close to the end here and now we can... You know, maybe engage a little bit more with the audience and get some of their fan theories and ideas as we get through the finale. But so excited, so excited to to end this. I'm actually sad to be honest. Like, I want the end, I want to see how they're going to conclude this. But knowing that I've only got one more is a a sad moment.
0: Yeah. Ending a good book, ending a good show. It's always sad. Join us for episode eight. I don't know what it's called. Probably the Bermuda Triangle. Tom was right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where Tom and I will weep with joy as they land this show, but lead us into seasons two and three. I have been Julian.
1: And I have been Tom. We'll see you for the key.